talk rangers we have made it through gut check week as i called it last week it was uh it was not not exactly a a smooth ride this week we had a bit of a roller coaster but one of the things that we at real talk rangers are trying to do here this year is to not get too high not get too low at least speaking personally and i think that the last week has kind of made me realize that maybe we got a little bit too caught up in unsustainability. Uh, the team is still looking pretty damn good. They're 16-7-1 at this point. They're still leading the Metro. They're still, I believe, second in the NHL in points at the moment, uh, right behind Montreal, who has played two less games. But things are still looking pretty good overall. It's just it's not going to be smooth sailing throughout the year, coasting, Although maybe maybe games like tonight, maybe uh, this game against Carolina was it's it's the kind of game that we want to play more of. I think maybe uh, a little more competition. Although maybe not against a team as poor as Carolina. But Derek, what are your thoughts here on the the weekend review? Uh, listen, I mean the the Rangers. You know they're not going to score four goals a game. I think that's kind of what we've learned over the last. Uh, couple games here you know they're still a good team they're still finding ways to win they had the one really bad game against the pens we'll go over um you know the loss against ottawa was bad but overall i'm still pretty happy with the team things are definitely different like you alluded to they're not really high flying um as much as they had been in the early season um but i'm i'm still i'm still looking forward i'm not going to get too down yet uh, if they put together a few few losses in a row, I'll get a little bit more worried. But I'm I'm still I still have hope. Yeah, I think that's the the strategy to take. I think part of it maybe is teams. I mean, you're not going to be able to sneak up on teams even if you have all this speed because teams will start game planning for it. Uh, they might take away certain advantages that maybe they have uh, in order to take away advantages that you have if your advantages are greater than theirs. If you follow that, so I think some teams are maybe just jamming up the neutral zone or they're. They're committing more to defense, uh, throwing bodies in the lanes, just doing things that maybe they wouldn't necessarily be doing against other teams. But when you're playing a team like the Rangers, a speed team, that's going to put the puck in deep and go to those areas and try to just beat you to the puck and beat you to the to the open ice, you might have to change strategy. I think you're seeing that a little bit so far. Yeah, and the Rangers have had to start doing things that they they haven't been doing in the beginning of the year because they've been scoring so many goals. They're getting a little bit more physical. A couple fights we've seen in the last couple games, which hasn't really been happening. I think that's part frustration and just part, you know, they're not scoring five goals, so they need to be a little bit more aggressive. So Part, part who you're playing to. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah. when you play the Flyers and people like that, it's going to get a little bit more aggressive. But I think... You know, I still think we have to worry about the offense. The defense has been a little bit shaky. We'll get into that. Um, interesting stat if you watch the game tonight. Um, at home, so some Ranger stats here. At home in the first nine games, the Rangers were 8-1. and one. Uh, They were scoring 3.56 goals per game. 
they were giving up 1.78 goals per game and their power play percentage was at 20.6. So all pretty good numbers there in the first nine at home. You could say that. And then there's the turning point at the last three games at home. 0-3-1, scoring 1.5 goals, giving up four goals, and a 13.3 percentage Mm. power play. So clearly a very, very strong divide in the last three games. Let's hope it's just a fluke. And it doesn't continue on, but, um, you know, scoring 1.5 goals a game when you're used to scoring, you know, four or five, six goals a game is a pretty drastic reduction. And then the big number, I think, is the goals given up at four in the last uh, three games at at home there. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, so I'm I'm, uh, I don't want to say I'm. Well, you know, I am a little bit worried about Lundqvist. I'll just throw it out there, and That's, we'll probably get into that a little bit more. But We definitely uh, will. Yeah, I, I agree with you there a little bit. Uh, I think Papa John's is probably pretty happy with the results. They're very, recently. very happy. Uh, yeah, not having to give up all those 50% off coupons. Wow, Rangers 3. Uh, I don't know if anyone actually uses that. I don't know if that actually works. Dude, I, but. I think I used it once or twice a couple of years ago. The thing is, Papa John's, especially if you're in the city, Papa John's is like $25 for a pie. So even when you get half off, you're still kind of like, wow, that's way too expensive for shitty pizza. Right. So, right. I, yeah, I did it like once, and I never did it again. I think Papa's <laughs> got Papa's to step up his game. But we'll, uh, let's go right into the weekend review really quickly. We have a bunch of games to catch up on. So last Sunday night, uh, we were at home against Florida. It was the beginning of gut check week, as I termed it. And we started off hot with a loss. With a shootout loss, I believe it was the first shootout of the season. Uh, that was really not the way that you wanted to get started mm-hmm. against a Florida team that, I mean, it, in light of what we know now, really had their own internal struggles. But at the time, well, you always love seeing Yager. Let's put that out there first. Uh, back of course, on, Yager's great to back have on back. the Garden Ice. But a 3-2 loss, a shootout uh, to a team that's around 500 especially coming off the way that we had been playing and putting up so many goals. That was a poor start to the week. What what were your impressions there? Yeah, it it was actually the first overtime game, I think, of the the Rangers all year. Um, You know, the the Panthers, they're a good team. They're not a team that probably should have have beaten us. Um, Yeah, this, this kind of started the trend, I think, that we've been going through recently of kind of playing flat and not coming out. Um, I don't know. I, I, we always talk about when we play against mediocre teams or bad teams, we don't really bring our A game or, or maybe it's even that the mediocre or poor teams play just well against us. I'm not really sure, but this seemed to be one of those games where, you know, you probably should have won the game pretty easily. And then you're going in, you're watching, it's not going so well, you know, and then you end up losing it three, two in, in overtime. I mean, it's good. You get the point out of it. It's not what we wanted, but that, that's pretty much what I say there. And right before we're playing some big games in uh, in gut check week there, as we called it last week, pens, pens, flyers. So mm-hmm. it would have been real nice to start that off with a with a regulation win. But you know you got to take the points where you can get them, I guess. Yeah, agreed. I uh, I remember mentioning in the show last week before these games happen, you know maybe even Rick Nash might even step up, uh, maybe maybe score a big goal here to start off this back to back Florida at Pittsburgh. Uh, the goal did not come. I don't think he scored against Florida. However, the next night when they went to Pittsburgh to play a really, really good Penguins team, 
they went down 2 nothing. We thought, oh boy, here we go. It really was reminiscent of the first-round matchup in the playoffs last year, just kind of getting dominated in all aspects of the game. Uh, and then, all of a sudden, they go ahead and score five straight goals. In the second and third, they dominate. You get goals from Nash, Grabner, JT Miller, Kevin Hayes, Derek Stepan scores the third of the year. It's kind of across the board, kind of what we had been seeing uh, prior to that time, prior to the Florida game. So things were looking up again. Uh, and then I don't know if you want to add more about that game. I mean, it, obviously there were, were a lot of good things happening there before we get to the, the home game where we hosted Pittsburgh. Yeah, the game Monday, you know, you go. they, they went down 2 nothing right away. And, and I remember watching and just thinking like, okay, this, this, game's, this game's over. When Pittsburgh, it's done, whatever. And just battled back and five straight goals, like you mentioned. So, you know, I, I'm – you can't really say much about about the resiliency of the Rangers right now. I mean, they're playing really well. Um, you know, like even even when they don't have the greatest of games, I'm not. I don't think it's an effort thing. I don't think that they're not playing hard. It's just for some reason the offense isn't clicking right now. I don't think during the course of the week I ever said to myself they they look like they're they're not involved except for the home game Wednesday yeah, and, and Ottawa too. All the other games, I feel like they played pretty well. We'll get into the Ottawa game, but all the other games, I feel like they played pretty well and, and they played it well again tonight too. So, yeah, yeah. agreed. I, the effort, like you said, the effort's been there for the most part. I just think that a couple of the games, the matchups weren't, weren't great and things just didn't go their way. But the exception being, like you said, Ottawa and first, just quickly, that Pittsburgh game on Wednesday, last Wednesday when we hosted them, oh, was horrible. We were up one nothing after one. Uh, I was there, unfortunately. There was actually a standing ovation after the first, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. They looked fantastic. Hank was was playing really well, and then, or yeah, and then uh, then Crosby took over the game, and and they scored six goals in a row. They had, I think, the worst live shift of any. Rangers team of any game I've ever been to it was I I don't I should have gone back and counted it up and timed it it had to have been at least two and a half to three minutes of puck possession in our zone five on five looked like a five on three there was only going to be one result and sure enough they scored it was the most humiliating thing I considered leaving after two didn't probably should have it was that, that was just a stinker but I guess every once in a while you just do for one of those. Yeah, and and this this game had the complete opposite feel as as, as the game Monday uh, in Pittsburgh. Nash scores the power play goal, like I think in the in the first five minutes of the first, and, and you're thinking to yourself, "Wow, we're gonna we're gonna run away with this game here at home against Pittsburgh," and and then it just it just fell apart. I mean, I I I don't often turn games off. I did not turn this one off only because I really wasn't doing anything else. But I was pretty close. I was pretty close. The last five minutes of that third period, uh, I was pretty much just glued on my phone. I couldn't even really watch it. It was, it was pretty painful. I mean, they never they never even thought of getting back into that game. I, no. There was never even a thought that anything was going to happen. This was one of the games, as I mentioned earlier, that I felt like the effort wasn't really there after about halfway through the game. So halfway through the second somewhere. And, you know, I can't really blame them. They're down by three goals. You know what? You know, against a really good Pittsburgh team, just getting just getting worked basically the entire game. Pretty much, um, you know, but but they bounce back. On, you know, they bounce back on Friday. So they play the Flyers on the 
the uh, always good after Thanksgiving matinee game. I think we do that almost every year. Yeah, a little Black uh, Friday action. I think so. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like the the Cowboys playing on uh, on Thanksgiving. You know, I think we kind of do that every year. But uh, you, you know, you're playing the Flyers. You know, it's going to be a gritty game. Um, this game was interesting because the Flyers didn't really show up to the last what five minutes of the game. So, mm-hmm. you know, we Pretty played much. really well. We played really well. We go up three, nothing, um, step on scores, the new boy, Pumple or Pumpel. I'm not really sure. Pumple, dude, pump him Pum- up. Pumple, 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 Pumper nickel. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> he scores a goal. It's just pretty, you know, first, not first gonna, game. Yeah. First game. Yeah. For first game, probably his first shot. I think, um, scores the goal, which is, you know, very uplifting to grab someone off waivers and, and, uh, get a goal out of him. And then Hayes scores and you're sitting there, you're going, all right, it's three, nothing. You know, the Flyers have got a few chances, but Lundqvist has been playing pretty damn well that game. Then they get the one, and I know I texted you, and you said it right away. You go, 3-1, this game's going to end 3-2, and you could feel it. I mean, oh, yeah. I, w- I wasn't, even in, I wasn't yeah. even in the arena, but I can imagine just being there. You could feel it. They, The Flyers were coming back. You didn't know if they were going to tie it or just make it 3-2, but they were coming back. They scored the second, and then... The last 30 seconds of that game, I, I was having a heart attack because he one Chris made about four or five saves in that last couple minutes with the empty net. Uh, easily could have tied the game if not for Hank. So yeah, good win all around, but you know, it, it was tough. Not, tough game. Exactly tough sledding. Uh, Hank made 40 saves in that game. He was really really good. Made some great great ones actually. But yeah, three two at the end. Very very close game. Obviously they weren't. Uh, weren't quite dominating competition like they had been. Um, however, that takes us. So they come off the win in Philly, which is great. It's always great beating that team. Hate that team. Uh, and then they move. They come back home. Fuck Wayne Simmons, by the way. Just oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to oppose that. He didn't but. even do anything that bad on Friday. But just my history of that guy, I just – every time I think about him, I can't stand him. Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Um yeah, we'll revisit that game a little bit in the uh, in the say what section, but for for now they also came home on Sunday uh, against Ottawa. I believe that you were in the building for that two nothing shutout uh, win for Craig Anderson. I don't really like to tell people I was there because I it's a little bit embarrassing the fact that I paid money to watch that game. But um, <laughs> my brother was actually, there too. Actually, had great seats at uh, Center Ice up on the bridge on the bar stools there. Those, I love sitting there. The, the, the yeah, bridge the, seats are the bridge awesome. is really nice. Definitely a different vantage point. You get that bird's other, eye than, view. Really than any other ticket in sports. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think I'd want to sit there every night, but no. um, every I def- would say definitely, definitely experience it at least once. Yeah, a really really cool bird's eye view. It's kind of cool if you sit there and think a little bit like this is how the announcers view the game. You can see a lot more of things that are going on when you're up high like that. Yeah. Um, so anyone that goes and you know sits on the bridge, just sit there and imagine you're Sam Rosen. It's kind of a good time. But um, but uh, sounds like a great time. Who, yeah. Who wouldn't want to be Sam Rosen? Am I right? Hockey Hall of Famer, you know. Hockey Hall. But of um, Famer. but yeah, the boys in Ottawa. Um, you know they're they're having a good year. If I could summarize that game in one word, it would just be well. I'm going to use two different words. I'm going to use flat. Is the first one. Yeah, I mean, they I agree with that. They had absolutely zero jump in their step the entire game. I don't think I saw a crisp pass the entire game. All the pass, none of the passes were, were tape to tape. Um, a lot of dump ins, but the problem was, was no one was pursuing. 
So Ottawa had a lot of just easy outs. Uh, basically, you dump, they, the Rangers would go to the red line, dump it in. Ottawa would go back and retrieve it and take it out. Yep. It, it, that was pretty much the entire game. So if you want to talk about boring hockey, you just, that's what you saw um, in Ottawa, uh, against Ottawa. The other word, um, it's just a stinker. It was just a stinker, stinker. all around. That's the, twice, that's the second time that we've uh, dropped that word. That yeah, kind of tells just, you how, how some of the week's gone. Yeah, it was just a stinker. I mean, not only was the offense stagnant, um, the defense didn't play all that well. You know, granted, the second goal, which was kind of the dagger to the heart, you know, hits off the ref's leg yeah, yep. and bounces yep. out right in front for Ottawa to just bury, which is, you know, there's nothing you can do. It's part of the game. But tell you, some nights you, you just don't have the puck luck. Just no, you, just you know, exactly. Just no puck luck that game. Um, it kind of felt like that. The You could literally hear a pin drop in the garden. I don't even. Yeah, yeah. I think it was it was louder like in the car on the way home, like yeah. just driving. Like it was it was dead silent. There was just nothing to cheer about. The air is just one, out of that building. Yeah, a game one like thing that. to cheer about is Craig Anderson. Agreed, absolutely. I mean, the, the story is just phenomenal. It's incredible you know? what he's doing is is really hard to believe. Uh, you can't help but root for the guy even when he's playing your team. Craig Anderson this year, so he gets the shutout in New York. He's seven one and one. Uh, with three career shutouts at, at MSG in his career. Phenomenal against the Rangers. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. I have a big note. Hopefully avoid in the playoffs. Um, that that would just spell all kinds of trouble, but that's thinking way down the road. Uh, Craig Anderson, man, he's just – he's been excellent this year, all year. He's 12-4-1 with a 2.03 and a 9.36 save percentage and three shutouts uh, while dealing with all this real-life, real-world issue stuff, so – you know, hats off to him, and it's it's hard. You can't really root against somebody like that in a position like that. No, and themselves. I think they had mentioned during the game that is, you know, they we finally found out his wife has his throat cancer, and mm-hmm. um, she's starting treatment I think relatively soon in New Jersey, so he may be missing more time. But I, I believe I I think he was quote you know he was quoted saying just he just wants to play, and that's basically what he's been doing, and. Whether he's using hockey as sort of a, a scapegoat to not think about what's going on at home, I don't know what he's doing, but whatever it is, he should keep doing it because he's playing amazing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like you, like you mentioned, his record against the Rangers is unbelievable. It makes you wonder, maybe we should look at bringing him in if he plays so well at the Garden. Hmm. But uh, maybe in the future, uh, we'll see. Interesting. Maybe um, in, in six years when Hank's 10 mil comes <laughs> off the books, we'll, we'll talk. But, uh, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, I, the the guy, and you know, you feel like he's got the, he's obviously got the support of all his teammates, and all of his teammates are definitely probably playing a little bit harder to fight for his cause there, um, and they're just playing really well. One other note, um, Eric Carlson. I mean, if you haven't seen this guy play in person, you probably should. I don't know. Have you seen him in person? Yeah, once. Uh, he last year. He's actually unbelievable. Like some some of the some of the other offensive defensemen in the game, you know, they're they're kind of flashy and th- they'll show their talent here and there, like a Bufflin or, or somebody like that. But Carlson is in a is in a completely different category, in my opinion. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, he's kind of like a forward that plays defense, but like you kind of say it half half heartedly. You don't you don't really mean it. Eric Carlson is actually a forward. That plays yeah. defense, yeah, and plays defense really well. Uh, I mean, when, excellent. When you, 
when you watch him play, I think he was in front of our net more than some of the centers were in front of the net for the senators. I literally every, he crashes the net almost every play, which is unbelievable to me because he has the speed to be able to get back. The fact that he, Um, he crashes the net like that and he uses that speed to get back and lead the NHL currently, I believe in blocked shots. So for people that are saying that he's only, he's basically a forward and they threw him back there that, I mean, just watch him, watch him play. He passes the eye test as a defenseman as well. He's, he's everything you want in a young stud, uh, offensive, defensive, defensive player and, and a captain. And he's doing it in the new NHL, which is just, it's yeah, his skill set is something that's pretty unique right now. And yeah. Also, and th- yeah, this no, year, no. this year he's got four goals and 13 assists. Um, you know, that's pretty on par. I, I'd actually say those numbers are a little bit down from the past. I mean, last year, he played all 82 games. It's 16 goals, right? So that's pretty good. 16 goals for a defenseman. Yeah, it's pretty good. But wait for it. 66. Oh. 66. What, games played? Assists. 66. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. It's a wild I mean, system. there's a lot of good forwards that don't score 66 points in a year. Mm-hmm. He had 66 assists, which I, it, I can't even really – I can't even really fathom – it's unfathomable to me. I, it's – 66 assists for a defenseman. Yeah, that's that's crazy. I'm doing something right. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. With numbers like that. Um agreed. But all right, so that's that's a little yeah, a little tangent on the Ottawa Senators who are also actually uh, they're in second place in the Atlantic at this point. They've won four games in a row and they've closed the gap pretty considerably on on Montreal. They're 5 points behind Montreal. Montreal's 16-4 and 2 and Ottawa's 14-7 and 1. So they're really not that far behind, and they've been playing some excellent hockey. So they're 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 a team to watch. And who knows if Broussard maybe scores a goal or two this season, they might even win some more games. But we'll see what happens there. Yeah, we'll see. So let's go into the star the star of the week. Who do who do you got for the star of the week? I have a question first for you. Yes. Is Rick Nash back? Um. Yes. 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 Wow. Well, see, before tonight's game, I might have questioned it. He tonight's game was phenomenal. Um, he was all over the ice. Uh, he he was really one of our kind of our only offensive threats tonight. Um, he every time he touched the puck, he was driving the net. He was creating plays. Um, he was really, in my opinion, the only noticeable person out there consistently. Pretty much. Um, so. I I'm starting to lean a little bit towards the fact that Rick Nash might actually be back a little bit. I, I don't want to, I don't want to commit to it just yet. Cause you know, I have a little bit of commitment issues when it comes to, to Rick Nash, but yeah, um, so, so you're going to go with, I think so. I'm going to go with more than likely he's back. Preponderance <laughs> of the evidence. Okay. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he's got three goals in his last five. At this point, he hit double digits, so he's already at 10 goals. He's got 16 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like we said, when these other depth guys start struggling a little bit and they're not putting the puck in, you're going to need these big players to step up, especially in the absence now of Mika Zabinijad. We forgot to mention that uh, as part of the Florida game. Zabinijad broke his leg. He's out six to eight weeks. That yep. is yep. pretty devastating. Uh, along with Buchnevich, although Buch, uh, you're probably looking at another week or two before a return. But with those two injuries, 
like we were saying before, the pressure hasn't really been on these big name guys to to score their goals because it hasn't been that noticeable because everyone else has been stepping up. But now with the youngins, uh, I mean, they're not going to be like you said, they're not going to be scoring four or five goals a game every every game. So you're going to need these big players to step up. And Rick Nash is skating like he skated the first half of two years ago. He, he looks he's beating two defenders defenseman into the zone and he's putting a backhand shot bar down on Cam, on a hot goalie in Cam Ward. I mean, that was really, really that, impressive. And also just to start the period, like he basically wasn't taking a loss. That's kind of what he said to me in the way he played in the third period tonight. Yeah. Rick Nash, Rick Nash won that game. Yeah. Tonight. I think that's fair to say. Um, to, to make a statement like that coming out of a, a game that's kind of, you know, kind of, kind of soft. We playing kind of soft, not really creating too many chances uh, to, yeah, to make a second, to make a, a statement a couple seconds into that third period like that. Uh, pretty good play. stuff. Perfect shot. Uh, yeah. Bar down, you know, Cam Ward is playing pretty well. It's tough to beat him when we were playing him. Uh, perfect shot. Rick Nash, you know, he he's gonna have to step up, like we've alluded to many times. Uh, he has to be the guy that can score the goal. Yeah. Um, particularly with VC not playing uh, as hot as he was in the beginning, which you know I think we all got a little, we jumped the gun a little bit with VC. You know, you kind of had to expect him to cool down a little bit. Obviously, scores the goal tonight, um, which will help him. But he's been a little bit flat lately as well as uh, to go with the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, having Sabinajet out. I not only does it hurt the the team play and the stats because he's having he was having a great season. I, I assume he would have continued that great season. Uh, it hurts the chemistry. I also think it hurts the locker room a little bit. Um, he seems to be like a pretty chill guy. I think he I think the locker room probably lost his DJing abilities. So maybe yeah, they're that's not a getting big loss. Maybe, big they're, loss. maybe they're not getting as amped up in the locker room anymore because he's not you know on the tables there the uh, fresh new new house music from sweden they're not where else are they gonna yeah. hear it how are they gonna yeah, get now, that now they got lundquist and jesper Fast <laughs> playing elevator music or something like lundquist playing abba yeah they don't yeah so maybe they lost their hype pregame because the you know zabinajet's not in there uh right hitting the ones and twos but um it doesn't obviously it doesn't obviously a tremendous loss and we hope you know, these athletes are freaks nowadays. He'll, he'll be back, I'm sure, before they expect him to be like everybody else is. Um, you know, they come back from broken bones in like, you know, two months, whereas a, a human being, a real human being would be out like six, six months, can't even walk, you know. So these guys have the best treatment out there, and I'm sure he'll bounce back and continue to have a good year. Absolutely. We, we wish him the best speedy recovery. I know uh, we've talked about his lack of goal scoring. He's only got five goals in 19 games, but he's 15 points. Right. So you're, right. you're going to miss those points. He's setting people up, secondary assists, making good plays with the puck. Uh, and obviously he's, he's young. He was our main acquisition this summer uh, via trade, aside from Jimmy Vesey. So wish him the best. Hope to see him back soon, along with Pavel Buchnevich. It was also really getting hot at the. I mean, he had four four game uh, point streak before yeah. he got hurt. So, the I think a that, major. I, sorry, I think a major yeah, point about Zabinjad that I forgot also is I think he really hurts. It, it hurts not having him on the power play. I think he's really sort of a quarterback of that power play. Mm-hmm. Um, like we had mentioned many times, like a, a, a lot of the passing and, and scoring opportunities go through Zabinjad at that in that low slot position. 
Um, I think losing that hurts us a little bit as we've been seeing the last couple of games. The power play has been, been pretty, pretty weak. Um, yeah. I mean, to, to the point, you know, like a few years ago where we're not even getting a shot out of power play. In right. fact, the other right. team is getting opportunities. So um, I do, I do, I have noticed that there's been a lot more dumping in on the power play. Whereas I feel like our team has enough skill where we can carry it in on the power play. Um, mm-hmm. I think that makes a, a pretty big difference on a power play. If you can skate it in and drop it back to a defenseman, that clears up a lot of space as opposed to having to go dump it in and having to go work for the puck on your own power play. Um, that obviously is what you resort to doing when you can't get through the neutral zone or can't get through the blue line. If, if they're stacking the blue line and being aggressive, but, um, I think we need to take dress, you know, be a little bit more aggressive and try to carry the puck into the zone on the power play. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I know that Zabinjad is out, but I would hope that he's still involved in the plays at practice. Maybe not at practice, but you know, just being around the locker room talking with the guys. Um, practice. I think about practice. practice? <laughs> Playoffs. Yeah. So, uh, actually, Brady Shea took a page right out of out of Zabinjad's book tonight, though, on the power play. I know it's been pretty terrible. Uh, recently reverting back, like you said, to the dump and chase of the Mike Sullivan years, although I guess he turned his shit around pretty drastically. But Did he won a cup or something? I, yeah, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to block that out God, for now. But Pittsburgh sucks. I yeah, hate, I hate them so much. Anyway, uh, so, I mean, tonight you saw Brady Shea got the puck on his stick tonight on the power play after a boneheaded, idiotic play from Ron Hainsey. What the fuck is that guy doing? But Dude. that's that. We'll save that for the boys on the on the Carolina podcast. But Shea just gets a puck and he he rips it right on goal, which is that's what you yeah. want. And guess what that's happens? What you need to do chaos in front of the goal because Nash is around and he's like a shark in fucking water right now. The way he's playing, <laughs> so he obviously takes the puck, moves it around for the rebound. VZ's right there with actually a really nice uh, reactionary goal and they end up winning on that goal. So it shows you just shoot the puck like Shea did tonight and good um, things will happen. Speaking of sharks, did you see the, did you see the movie, the shallows? No. Yeah. Okay. I, re- I rented on Redbox recently. Good movie. In case you're looking for a good movie, the shallows and obviously Blake Lively. Like I was going to say Blake Lively, super, right? super attractive. But um, anyways, Haynes, I have to bring the Hainsy thing up. I, I can't leave it there. You know, it's one thing if you take a penalty, you know, your team's going to back you up. But when you are such an asshole that you take an extra two minute penalty just because you don't agree with a call, that shit should not fly in a locker room. And I, I would hope that the captains or coaches over there in Carolina have something to say to him. Um, you know, they scored on the first power play and not the second. So I guess you could argue it doesn't really matter, but it's just the point that it happened. I mean, shut your, shut your yap as, as, uh, as Tortorella park would say, your ego and shove it in your pocket, shove it in your park, your ego, shove it in your pocket. You know, if it's a bad call, maybe say something. The refs are pretty lenient. I don't know if you've ever seen the mic, the mic'd up with yeah, the refs. I mean, there's a lot of, cur- there's a lot of cursing and yelling at yeah, each other. Guys. I mean, a lot all of them, kind of, a lot of them were players. Yeah. Yeah, all kind of in good fun, people yelling at each other. But when you become that 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 douchebag that that's gonna sit there and argue a call the whole time, you're gonna get the second penalty. And he did. And you know what? I I wish we had scored twice just to prove him. And you know what? One more thing on that. What an asshole! After we score the goal, the ref comes that's, over that's what I was and, he, say. Yeah. and he gives him the fucking thumbs up and says, "Great call, <laughs> great call." 
Like, listen, bro, you you took the penalty. And first of all, all all other things aside, that's a pen that's a penalty. He he took the penalty. Absolutely. It was a good call. It's a penalty. He's and, acting and as, being, as if he's he had no idea what they're where they're coming he, from. He's a veteran. I mean, he literally ripped down Ryan McDonough without right. the puck. I, right, I don't know right how in front of the ref too. I mean, he's clearly. Seeing yeah, it. it's just the call was play. clear as day, yeah. uh, and not even saying that biasly as a Rangers fan. I mean that I I'm the first to admit when there's a soft call, um, that that's a penalty. I don't care what anyone says, and and just to take another penalty for arguing it's just such a boneheaded move. I yeah, uh, I would hate in that a, guy who's on my spot. team doing that. Yeah, agreed. In a big spot with six minutes left in the third period mm-hmm. of a two-two game, just terrible, terrible yeah. stuff. But uh, all right, let's quickly shout out to Hainsy there. <laughs> a little shout out to Hainsy if you're listening. If you're listening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Be sure to, to call in. Um, yeah. Let's go. You want to go around the league really quickly? Yeah. Let's jump, let's let's jump around the league a little bit. Uh, I I know you you actually texted me about this. Maybe you you want to talk about it. But the the thing going over there in Florida, the Florida Panthers. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you mean the the beaches and the mojitos? No, the uh, the instant firing of their head coach. <laughs> Um, pretty sudden. I don't think anyone really expected this. And the crazy thing is they're not having a terrible season. I mean, I, you know, they're not, mm-hmm. they're not a great team, but they're, yeah. they're not, uh, you know, they're not Owen 16. No, so no, they're not. Uh, so very interesting, very interesting. So Florida, they are up two nothing against the hurricanes mm-hmm. and they lose three, two and about, and, and there's a presser, there's a post game presser and head coach Gerard ex head coach Gerard Gallant, uh, actually attends the presser, talks with the media. And then I think about 10 seconds later, he probably left the press room, was on his way to the bathroom and got called in by the owner. And he was fired. He was let go after starting the year 11, 10, and 1. Uh, and mind you, this is a team last year, He they went 47, 26, and 9. They made the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Uh, Gerard Gallant was a finalist for the Jack Adams Award last year. Talking how things change, huh? And he was replaced not with a coach. There's no interim head co- like head. There's an interim head coach, but it's not a guy that was on the bench. It's not an assistant. It's the GM, Tom Rowe. So that that's pretty interesting. Pretty odd to me. I mean, that's like Jeff Gordon's just stepping on in. Uh, for AV, it, it's just a weird dynamic. They really weren't that bad. I, you had some big injuries. Huberto hasn't played at all, mm-hmm. uh, and some other guys are out. But it's it's just I, I don't know. I guess they really didn't like. There had to have been some behind the scenes stuff. I think there might have been a philosophy issue in terms of playing younger and older guys or something like that. But it was just a weird story to see. Uh, it was a, there was a lot of shock. I know Brian Campbell, who used to play for Gallant, was said he was just completely surprised by that. Not sure what they were doing over there, uh, and that's kind of echoing the sentiment that I've read around the league. It's a weird story. Yeah, I, usually when a coach gets fired, um, there's a, there's something that comes out uh, later on, and I, I agree with what you're saying. I think maybe there's something else going on that we're, we're not really sure of yet. I think there has to be because, yeah. because if, if this is based off the Panthers play recently, that's, that's ludicrous. I mean, they're not a terrible team. I mean, they blew a lead uh, teams blow leads all the time. And that's not really reason to fire a head coach, especially when you don't have a, a reliable person to fill the spot. So, right. Um, I think maybe there's something else going on that might come out in the next few weeks that we can maybe dig deeper into. But as of right now, it's pretty much a shocker. 
Yeah, it really is. It's, it's just a, it was just weird, very weird. Um, so, how about the Vegas Golden Knights? How yeah, about them? yeah. Or, or so, the Vegas soon to be named something else other than the Golden Knights potentially. Yeah, you know, everyone knew Knights were going to be involved in some regard. Uh, the the owner graduated from West Point locally yep, over here, so. He wanted to incorporate some of that into his team. Um, I I would have much much rather preferred just the Vegas Knights. Um, I had heard that there was some issue with calling them just the Knights, some sort of copyright issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really completely sure on that, but um, the golden part makes it a little bit weird. I have to give them credit. I actually do like the emblem, uh, the logo. Uh, I think it. I think it's pretty good looking. I, yeah, I'm I like excited. It. I'm excited to see what the jerseys will look like. I hope they're not too over the top, but I, I think they can they can market that that logo pretty well. Uh, the name. I am glad that they didn't use Las Vegas and just use Vegas. That would have been real bad if they were the Las Vegas <laughs> Golden yeah, Knights. So yeah. at said least that was they a short- shout out to local local people over there. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I, you know, it's a really exciting time. Uh, I, I'm really excited to have an expansion team. The draft, as we keep saying, we will we will do a special podcast on drafts, uh, on the expansion draft in the near future. Probably have a guest on for that. Um, so that'll be exciting news. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm ready to see this team in action. I, I'm pumped for next year. Yeah, me too. I think the whole expansion draft, they're setting it up in a way where – I don't think the team is going to be horrendous immediately. I think they'll have some decent talent. If not uh, high-end guys, I think they might have some solid depth, at least defensively. There's yeah. a good chance that we might lose uh, our warrior, our, our one of our knights, uh, Kevin Klein. But that's a whole I'd say I'd say it's almost a guarantee. Yeah, it's to be pretty honest. much a lock, unfortunately. Yeah. But we'll get into that uh, a little later. I just wanted to – in another show. But, yeah, I just, just quickly – so they're actually uh, today – the U.S. Army parachute team is the Golden Knights. So this, okay. to me, uh, it just sounds it sounds like a, a PR nightmare. This is what one of the people who represents the army, I think the army spokeswoman. This is her. This is her quote today. She said, "Our interest in this announcement is meant to protect the proud history of the Army's Golden Knights and their vital role in telling the Army story and connecting America with their Army." So, like, do you really want to get in a PR war with these people over over something like when they're coming out with stuff like that? I, I don't know. He might have right. to change the name. Right, but, right. But we'll see as we go on there. Uh, it is. It will be interesting to to have a new team, though, for sure. Just different dynamic. Yeah, I'm not really sure what they can switch the name. I mean, maybe just another color. Uh, I'm not really sure what they could do there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, uh, it, it feels like he didn't really think it all through. But Yes. Uh, also, uh, about the Vegas team, I don't know if people know this, but I <laughs> I stumbled upon this, I think, the day that they revealed the, the name and the emblem. Uh, did you know there's some minority owners for that, that team over in Vegas? Do you, do you happen to know a few of them? Uh I've heard. I think you texted me. Yeah. At least yeah. one is Rob Gronkowski. So, yeah. So, <laughs> reportedly, uh, it's it's not confirmed, but the the guy who tweeted it has a little check mark, so that always means they're oh, right. He's verified. He's good. Right. Yep. That means they're right. 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 Um, so he he's tweeting out Darren Ravel. I'm not really sure who Ravel. he is, but he's got he's got 
sure. He's got a check mark, whatever. Yeah. Um, the boys he, are part of my take. Uh, he, interesting relationship with him, but yeah. Okay. They have an interesting relationship with everybody, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it is true. That's fair to say. <laughs> um, but minority owners are rumored to be uh, Rob Gronkowski, which uh, surprises me none. So they'll um, be partying. Right. So in the off season, football off season, he will basically be in Vegas just partying and watching <laughs> hockey. That's great. Um, That's great. Also, so. also Jose Batista is supposedly a minority owner. Maybe, maybe and even flipping some hockey sticks. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's an interesting thing going on there. You have this business millionaire, business guy, whatever, and then you have a couple really huge names in sports that are owning part of this team. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting. I, I hope it I hope it takes off. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Let's uh let's move right into say what? What? What'd you say? What is it? Um so I got one. Go ahead. Quote. It's New York, man. It's one of those buildings where there's a lot of history. A great team over there. It's one of those things you just get up for. Historic buildings. Who knows how long they'll be around for and you're fortunate enough to be a part of it and that's kind of the way I dress I dress everything mentally. Oh boy! When was this? This was three days ago. Mm. Um, I I hope is it Craig Anderson? It's Craig Anderson. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he, I kind of had a feeling. The yeah. headline is Craig Anderson loves New York. Dude. <sighs> yeah. I mean, yeah, with, with his numbers, he can say whatever he wants with, much. with numbers like that at the Garden. Um, I, I, you know, I said this earlier kind of as a joke, but, it, you know, I'll say it again. If he if he was in New York, man, people people would love him. And no disrespect to Ronta because I think pretty much everybody loves Ronta just as much. But Everybody loves Auntie. Craig Anderson just seems like a just a down-to-earth, straight-up, just great guy. I don't yeah, know. He does. That's, that's all I can really say about him. He but. does. We've already gone through the uh, Craig Anderson story and just how excellent he's been and just impressed everyone. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that out because he really does dominate New York. So You know, we've talked about this many, many times, but when we play at home, I think it is a it is a jolt for us, you know, to play at home, our guys playing at home, but I think it actually helps other teams more. I think that opposing teams coming into the garden have that extra effort have that extra kind of will to like win in new york or play well in new york it just gets them going to play at msg you know the world's most famous arena um yeah i I don't know i i think i think there's there's more players on other teams that kind of are ranger killers than i would like including jeff skinner who was very quiet tonight surprisingly Happily, very quiet. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, think we did a real good job of shutting him down. We did. But. We did. I really quickly just want to mention, yeah, like like you're talking about, think about it, right? Put yourself in their shoes. You play 41 games and you spend the entire winter in Winnipeg, in Calgary, right? Places like that in Minnesota. And then they come and they spend two days a year. You're walking through Manhattan through Gotham and you're walking into this beautiful arena and all the history, not to be biased or anything, but no, no, not at all. But really, I mean, you think about it, like these guys, this is one you're going to get up for, for sure. Yeah. And maybe the Rangers take it for granted a little bit sometimes. I don't know. I mean, maybe you just can't help that when you play all your home games in a, in a single arena 
it's not quite the same getup, I guess, sometimes. But it's weird. Home ice has been weird for the Rangers. Sometimes they've been excellent on home ice. And other times in the playoffs, like uh, a couple years ago there, they went to Tampa. I don't want to bring up this, but they went to Tampa. They won game six, like seven to three or something. And then they came home and got shut out on home ice, to like 2 nothing. Play all year for home ice, and, and it was just absolutely terrible. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know the conundrum of of playing on the garden for the rangers but yeah i think i think uh i think hockey is probably the it matters the least home advantage um in any sport i I, i'm pretty confident that's true Mm. um i mean football i feel is very important um basketball kind of baseball definitely so I don't know. I don't know your take on that, but no, that's, I that's think that was right. I actually took a yeah. class on this in college. I think that was pretty spot on. I mean, baseball. So the difference is baseball is the only of one of those sports that ha- doesn't have uniform dimensions. So, right. ob- you know, clearly it it's different when you go into a crazy ballpark that's got something crazy going on in it. You know, there, there's I can't think of the stadiums, but a lot of the stadiums have. Like two ninety nine down the left field line. Yeah, like, like weird, weird cutout angles, and and obviously like Boston has the Green Monster, like all, all that stuff. So definitely, you don't get that in any other sport where it's uniform size. True, true. Agreed. Um, let what's, me uh, what's your spit quote? a quote. Cool, I actually have two now, and they're kind of they're kind of quick. But okay. this one uh, has to do with an old Ranger, and the quote is: um, "It's about Christmas. It's about <laughs> it's about Christmas." Okay. And it's, quote, I'm going to catch up and try to get under his skin a little bit, end quote. I uh, I saw you this. You probably read this already. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, it, this is brass. And, uh, and he's yeah, talking yeah. about Matt Zuccarello. The, the boys yeah, are, so, are going to be back together for Christmas. Yeah, so it was reported that, you know, Broussard uh, is going to be spending Christmas uh, in New York with Matt Zuccarello uh, because Ottawa plays the Rangers on December 27th. And then he was quoted saying that he's going to he's going to catch up and try to get under his skin a little bit. I did notice the one thing I did notice at the Ottawa game uh, wasn't many things to look at. But I did notice one time after a whistle, Broussard was skating behind Miller and they might not have shown this on TV, but he was he took his Broussard took his stick and was skating behind Miller and kept like poking at him, mm. kind of to joke around with him. Obviously, the Rangers were down two nothing at this point and Miller didn't even turn around. He was clearly <laughs> He was that, clearly very pissed off. That, that they sums were down up JT nothing. Miller's game, though. Yeah, he was fucking locked in. Yeah. But, um, you know, it just goes to show Broussard is still clearly good friends with a lot of the guys and, and you know, likes playing around with a lot of the guys. Oh, so. yeah, I think they're they're honestly best friends, those three, Broussard, Zook, and, and Hags. They're definitely yeah, best Hags, friends. still talk yeah. all the time, regardless yep. of team. Yeah. Yeah. I have uh, uh, I have one more real, real quick one. It's only, yep. it's only four words, actually. So, uh, you ready? I'm ready. Singer sang, dancers danced. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, I have no clue. You're going to have to tell me. There's only one person that it could have been. And it's got to be Torella? No, that, that was, this was Doc Emmerich. This is Doc Emmerich. Doc Emmerich. Singer sang, dancers danced. And he was referring. <laughs> it was like his little uh, message that takes you out of the first period in the game on Black Friday when the Rangers played the Flyers. Jesus. So he was talking about the national anthem singer, and 
when he said dancers danced, he was talking about Chris Kreider <laughs> fighting Manning on the Flyers. Yeah. Uh, and Kreider actually knocked him, pretty much knocked him out with the left. So that was awesome yeah. to see. But yeah. only Doc uh, can, can come up with stuff like that. Doc Emmerich has a. He's I'm one of them. He has a he has a way with words. He could say that. that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I think he does really well, and sometimes I cannot stand him. So I. Sean. Sean in the corner. Waffle um, board. Um, yeah. You know, I think something also to think about with the NBC cast is uh, when your broadcast team has fucking Pierre Maguire on it. Uh, that loser Pierre Maguire, as Ryan Whitney would say. Uh, you can't really be bad when when you're working with Pierre. So that's true. Maybe you know. that's why he's he's doing it. That's why he's been doing it all these years. Fucking Pierre, man, he needs to go. He's got to go. Yep. Uh, I have a question that's kind of a quote and question duo here. Sure. Do Do you think that players look at their numbers? And this kind of leads me into a quote. But I just want your opinion on that. Do players look at at like at, the opposing at their teams? at their own no at their own numbers? Like in what context? Like their stats, their own stats. Oh, oh, I thought you meant like, like, do I see sixty-eight coming? Oh, out? no, no, no. Like, do they look at their own stats? Uh, some do. Some for sure do. They're like Sagan. I feel like Sagan <laughs> is the guy. Like, yeah. like Bobby Ryan's <laughs> looking at his his goals. Yeah. Yeah, and Sagan's definitely counting his uh, his penalty minutes <laughs> and stuff. Um, I but so I just bring this up because I, I found an article that was – it's an interview with Devin uh, Dubnik, and one of the questions was, do you look at your numbers? Are you a numbers guy? And he said, quote, I'll glance at them once in a while, but I've learned, I guess, not really to look at them too much. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I don't know what they are or that I'm completely blind to them. I've just learned not to worry about them as much. I think, I think that sums it up pretty well. I think that most players are aware of their numbers but they're not like us where they're going to go and count how many shots they took on Thursday, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I think, you know, you obviously know if you're Carlson and you have two assists 20 games in, you know something's wrong. Uh, you know, I don't think they nitpick the numbers, but they know if they're playing well or not. Um, I don't think they keep too much track of their career numbers, though, as far as, like, milestones. But, you know, I think the media brings it up and then it gets brought to their attention. Oh, of but course. I, I, mean, I just think it's interesting. Yeah. If, as you get closer, though, to some milestones, I'm sure everyone's talking to you about it. I'm sure guys in the room might not be saying it out loud all the time, mm-hmm. but you you know. I feel like you just have a way of knowing uh, for the big ones like that. But, yeah, I don't, I'm don't. i sure people look at their stats. Some players, probably most players don't. I, I think that's an interesting conversation to have, though. But it, it's also interesting to think about, like, do players – no other players and like the, their records, you know what I mean? Like uh, there was mm-hmm. a clip a couple of years ago from uh 24 seven where they, they had Brad Richards, Chad Richards mic'd up and some guy on the flyers was yapping at him about some stupid play. He's like, Oh, you want to go? You want to go? And Richards knew who the guy was and he just like barked back at him and he's just like, yo, this is like your third fucking game in the league. Kid. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah, just, yeah. So they, I think they're aware of, of the overall, just where people are in the league, but I don't know if they're really looking at their numbers every game. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah, but anyways, so quick week ahead. There's only actually two games on the slate for this coming week, uh, and at first it starts on Thursday night. We're in Buffalo, so get get some wings, get get some uh, maybe some Molsons if you can find Buffalo, them up there. Buffalo, oh, Buffalo. Uh, 
the Buffalo Buffalo is seven nine and five. I, I mean they're not a great team, although they did just get Jack Eichel back, so that's exciting. Uh, that'll be fun to watch him. And I know Ryan O'Reilly's been hurt, but now he's back, so their top line's kind of forming together once again. So obviously in perfect timing for the Rangers to be up there. But it'll be an interesting game to watch, uh, and one that we sh- we probably would have gone to if we were still in school. Uh, yeah, we definitely would have been there. Uh, they actually just beat uh, Anderson and Ottawa. Oh, tonight. Uh, tonight, five four. So they're actually eight nine and five. But yeah, I- Eichel had uh, he had the goal, he had an assist, and I think that was it. Goal and assist on the night back. So so pretty pretty good uh, pretty good start there coming out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just in time for him to come, you know, see the Rangers or, or we go see him. So mm-hmm. perfect timing for us to have one of the best players in the league come back off injury. So perfect. we'll see how that goes. You know, Buffalo, they're not a very good team. They actually lost uh, uh, Leonard, too. He got hurt in the first. Oh, wow. Um, so Anders Nilsson is, nope. I guess, going to, you know, take the helm there. Uh, don't know how that's going to go. I think he's having a pretty mediocre year. Uh, but he's going to have to pick it up if it's a serious injury. No report on if it's serious or not, but mm-hmm. that's that. And then Saturday we got the matinee against Carolina. I, I don't know about you. I, I love these matinee games. Oh, I, just... I do. I do. I'm actually going to that one. Okay. The, uh, yeah. The, the weird thing though, like you're saying, Oh, Carolina's at home. And it's like, wait, we just played Carolina at home. Uh, yeah. This is, this is a weird one. I know they're playing in Boston on Thursday night. So, they're literally just doing a little Northeast Corridor trip where they're hanging out in New York, probably Amtracking it up to Boston and then just yeah. Amtracking it back. So, But I do agree. I like the matinees. Uh, it's just a different look. And it's just like the game, the game just a, a nice early afternoon game and, and you get up during the day and then you, you have the whole night to watch other teams catch up to the Rangers. So it's, it's <laughs> an interesting, uh, interesting look. Obviously, we know what we're going to get with Carolina. Who would you – where would you play Ronta? Or do you think Ronta will play? I'm pretty sure he'll play. Uh, Ronta will play, and I think he will play Carolina. Interesting. Okay. So I um, think Hank and Buffalo. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. I – you know, Lundqvist hasn't really been playing Carolina all that great. Uh, tonight was a little a little shaky in the beginning. He steadied out, though, throughout the rest of the game and played much better in the third. Um, I think you give him the game up in Buffalo – and then you come back Saturday, Saturday with Ronta. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I think they could go either way. I don't think it really matters. And AV has shown in, in recent past that he, he doesn't really play the numbers. He kind of just plays Not Ronta when he feels like it's right. I mean, playing playing Ronta the Monday against Pittsburgh was a shocker, I think, to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and playing Lundqvist in, you know, against Ottawa on Sunday was also a shocker. I think everyone thought Ronta would play Sunday. Lundqvist would get the back-to-back against Pittsburgh, but I got to be honest. I mean, I I I feel just as confident when Ronta's in the net when as when Hanks in the net. Honestly, if not, I sometimes I feel a little bit more comfortable with Ronta to be honest yeah. right now. Right now, I'm with um, you. although uh, obviously Hanks the guy and he's gonna be the guy, but I feel that the team plays a little bit better in front of Ronta, and we've talked about that, but more so this year than in past years with backup goalies. So yeah. I, I agree with that. Uh, it's, it's been weird, but when you see Ronta, like if I'm going to a game, obviously I, I generally want to see Hank in the net, but if I hear that Ronta's playing, I'm not necessarily upset. It's just a different yeah. look, but it's still a good look. I mean, they play well in front of him and he's been tremendous this year. So 
like we've said, you, you kind of have to have a solid backup, especially at this point in Hank's career. And then in this point, with the way that the games are scheduled, uh, I just think it's really vital, and he's done a good job so far. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. But that will pretty much do it for for this week, I think. Uh, we've got, yeah, a little bit of a slower week to look forward to, but these are two winnable games. They should they should hopefully go take care of business. Obviously, it's not going to be as easy as just saying, oh, they should beat this team on paper, but they, they really, really should get some results here, get some points. Uh, but we will check back in with that stuff. Hopefully, we're going to have some updates with some guests coming really soon. Uh, we know that you guys probably like to hear that stuff. We like to interact with them, just get different takes on different teams. But, yeah, keep keep uh, telling your friends, you know, rate us on iTunes, give us five stars, regardless of if we deserve it. Just just give us five stars. Uh, and, and, yeah, be sure to check back in next weekend. We will probably have a new show for you then. Uh, so uh, little little newsflash, Yarmir Yager, yeah. uh, Yarmir Yager just scored a power play goal. Just just saying, wow, against uh, against uh, Chicago. So it's a it's a power play goal, it's a, Yarmir it's Yarmir Yager goal. I couldn't think of a better way to end the show. So also, so thank you for that. I, 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 there is a better way. Really quickly, oh, the wow. star of the week for me, uh, John Emirante. John Emirante. <laughs> John Emirante. Came out during the Ottawa uh, before the Ottawa game, and belted not one but two national anthems. He he belted O Canada first, and then and then he got up there and belted the Star Spangled Banner. And I miss the guy. Hate what the Garden did to him, but you know what? It's glad to have him back. I hope the Rangers make a playoff run, and he can come back and do his little pump up at the end of his anthems. Wow. He he, so- he, he sounded close. as good as always. I'll tell you that was the one good thing I got out of the Ottawa game was seeing John Amarante. I think that belting it is the only way to properly term that what he does. Uh, and did, I got a did he get a standing ovation? Oh, he got a standing O for Good. sure. Good. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Faith yep. restored yep. in everything. Yep. Yep. But yeah, that's going to do it. Check back in next week. Uh, and have a great week. to you.